Welcome, Westover, and thank you for joining us, whether online or right here in the room. Thank you for sharing together this moment in worship and just what the Lord has for us today. Right before we move into the message, for the last few weeks we have been talking about this weekend, and this weekend is themed for the win. And if you didn't receive this brochure when you came in, we'd like to place it in your hand. I know we've distributed over the last few weeks, but today we would like to have this in everyone's hand. So if you didn't receive this balcony or main floor, if you'll just raise your hand, somebody will bring it to you. It's entitled For the Win. If you'll just hold your hand up, and we'll be glad to uh, make this available to you. Thank you for all of our ushering team uh, sharing that. And what I want to share with you, at the end of the service today, as we unpack what our sports ministry is and the outreach that we're doing through sports ministry, we're going to invite you, if the Lord happens to place this on your heart, and giving always comes from the heart, but to make a monthly partnership with us in our sports ministry. And this brochure has a uh, pledge card, a partnership card here at the end, if you'll glance over it. At the end of the service, we're going to receive that, and we're going to take our first offering for sports outreach today at the end of the service. And I'm going to have the privilege of sharing that with you today. And this video, I think, is going to share the heart and the thrust of what sports outreach is for us here at Westover. Direct your attention to the screens. Thank you. Playing sports is fun, and everyone wants to be on the winning side. The Bible uses sports as a metaphor to inspire us as Christ followers to run the race so that we can win the prize. For Westover, the prize is seeing children and families in a relationship with Christ. Our sports ministry is the most creative step we have ever taken to reach our community. There are many families without a church, and God wants to connect with them. By offering sports leagues, we can impact families and connect them to Jesus. Westover Sports Outreach offers faith-based sports leagues with these four goals. To inspire personal faith in Jesus, to build individual confidence, to provide a positive and fun environment, and of course, promote athletics. I invite you to partner with us in this effort to reach children and families. Together, let's go for the win. This weekend, we're going to talk about going for the win. Now, if, if you don't have a win, you have a loss. And interesting enough, just as in sports, there's a win and a loss. That's how God places the categories of all people on planet Earth. Either they've been won to Christ or they're lost. And I want to talk to you today about God's heart for our community and our outreach of Westover here in our community. And we're going to do it and share with you what we believe God has for us in sports 
Outreach. Now, if you have your Bible, your Westover app, join me. Uh, Luke chapter number 14. Let me set the scene. Jesus is going to be in a conversation. And in the conversation, Jesus is going to segue into a parable. Now, a parable, someone's defined it as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, correct? It's a story that they relate to. And in the story they relate to, the details of that, Jesus is going to share God's heart. Jesus is going to talk to them about God's heart. And this parable is going to unpack that for us. It begins in verse number 15 of Luke chapter number 14. It says, And one of those at the table with him heard this. He said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who eats the feast in the kingdom of God. Right there, we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're, we're, not, we're not talking about just getting together and chowing down. This is a story about the kingdom of God. He goes on to say, Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent out his service to tell those who had been invited to come for everything is now ready. Pause just a moment. There's a great banquet. In the Bible, a banquet is frequently used as a moment to inaugurate something special. We do it, to, we do it now. Uh, we, we, we might have a banquet, to a graduation banquet or something. This banquet here, this feast, is to inaugurate something. What is it? It concerns the kingdom of God. And the idea here, those at the banquet, the coming to the banquet is a coming to Christ. Your invitation to sit at the banquet table is your invitation to come into the kingdom of God to come to Christ. And today there are people that are literally in our society, they're saying, I don't feel satisfied. I feel like I'm missing something in my life. I'm hungering for something different. God has an invitation for them to come to the banquet. A banquet is always symbolic of God about to do something. You know when the rapture takes place, the trumpet of God sounds, and the redeemed of God go into heaven. You know the first thing we're going to do when we get to heaven? Do you know what God has prepared for us in heaven? The first thing we have is what's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a banquet. God has a feast. When you get to heaven, there's going to be a table with fajitas as far as you can see. Now, I read the book of Revelation, and it talks about a sound in heaven and smoke coming up. I think those are angels carrying those fajita trays that are coming right off of the grill. Can you just imagine? That's the first thing we do. It inaugurates a new kingdom moment. This is what Jesus is talking about. He's going to use the analogy of a banquet, but the banquet is the idea of coming to Christ. And you know today in our world, our world is broken from parkland to what's happening in politics, to our society, our breakdown, just the, the random acts of violence. Our society is saying something is wrong. And God would say, you're eating at the wrong table. Come to my table. Our solution today is going to not be another law. It's going to be changing the human heart. The heart of the human problem is the human heart. And God wants to change that, and Jesus wants to make a difference in our life. Let's go on. We're still in the same parable. We're going to go into a section right here, verse 18, 19, and 20. There are three different persons that are going to be invited to come to this banquet, but each one of them is going to give an excuse. Do you know the same excuses these people use are being used today? If you have one of these, you have excuse-itis. 
And sometimes you can be caught in excuse. There's always a reason why you can't. Reason why you can't finish your degree, the reason why you can't be better, the reason why you don't work on this, the reason why you don't make this happen, the reason why you, you, you're not involved in that, the reason why you're not climbing the ladder of six, the reason why you were looked at. We always have an excuse, and there's an excuse. Jesus is saying, come, experience this better life. And the first excuse is the excuse, I have other interests. Notice verse number 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. I have other interests. Have you ever said, I just got other interests? I'm not into that. You know, I'm not into those kind of, I'm not into the God thing. I'm not into a men's group. I'm not into a men's conference. I'm not into a life group. I'm just not in excuse. Excuse number two is I'm too busy. Verse number 19, another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. I'm just too busy. And here's what God's saying. If when it comes to the kingdom of God, if you have priorities that usurp the kingdom priorities, your order in your life is out of place. And it doesn't matter all those priorities. The Bible says it's, it's going to be like It's going to be like sand that's going to fall through your hand. You're going to build it up and only lose it. Because God is saying, always align your priorities to God's priorities. And they're saying, I'm just just too busy. Then there's something you need to jettison and make God's priorities your priorities. Number three excuse is, my heart just isn't in it. Oh, I hear that. I hear that from him. My heart's just not in it. That's all right for you, but my heart's not in it. Notice verse number 20. Verse number 20. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Oh, my heart's over here. He's handpacked. That's what he's saying right there. Yeah. My heart's not. You do that, but I'd rather be doing something else. Have you ever said that to God? God speaks to you. God challenges you. God says something to you about you and, and being a, a, a better in an area or, or, or upgrading your career or doing a life change or a habit change. You say, you know what? I'm just not into all of that stuff. I, I'm not in Bible studies. I'm not into all of that. Three persons with excuses and they miss God's assignment. An excuse can take away God's assignment in our life. But let's go on. Let's look further in the parable. Verse number 21. The servant came back and reported this to the master and the owner of the house, and he became angry and ordered his servants. I want you to notice the next couple verses, there's two ghost statements. There are two ghost statements. Verse number 21. Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys, the towns, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has already been done, but there is still room. There's empty chairs at this banquet table. Verse number 23, so the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. So concerning, God has a banquet. God's saying there's a better life. God's saying there's a different way to do life. And he is saying that he has a place set and he's given an invitation. And there's three quick thoughts I want to drop in her heart before I segue and emphasize the sports outreach that we're involved in. The first thing I want to share with you is people are the main thing to Jesus. People are the main thing to Jesus. The, the Bible says that he invited many guests. Did you notice that? Not a few. He invited many guests. What is the high priority with God? The priority with God is always people. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with having a car, nothing wrong with having success, nothing wrong with, but you know what? God has something more. We weren't put on planet Earth to pay off a 30-year mortgage and have about six to ten new cars in our lifetime. We weren't put on planet Earth so we can buy a house and fill it with stuff and get tired of the stuff and sell it and get more new stuff and just live all that over again and just be caught on this treadmill of owning things and just having. God says there's something better. God's priority, God's priority is people. Now, there is a doctrine that's very prevalent, an unfortunate doctrine that has become so prevalent in the American church. It's been around a long time, but it has, it has really seeped into the writings of a lot of Christian authors and the thoughts and the language of a lot of believers. It's called Calvinism. Calvinism is the idea that God predestines certain people to be saved and God predestines certain people to be lost that there is what's called in Calvinism limited atonement. And limited atonement means that God's already pre-selected those who are going to be saved and God's already pre-selected those who are not going to be saved. And what it's done in the church world today, it's given us kind of a stand back and fold our arms. Well, it's all up to God. If God wants it done, it'll happen. And I hear this frequently from believers. Well, if it's meant to be, God will make it happen. If God wants it to be, if God wants them to come around, if God wants something to be different, if God wants this to happen, God will just make it happen. No! The the Bible says that He's interested in people, and we cannot sit back and say, God, if you want to save them, just go do it. It's not my job. God says it is your job. We were put on planet Earth for one mission, and that is to be a light and share the gospel with the community and to make an impact in this world. That's what we're put here for. And can I tell you, society is aching for the church in America to rise up and be the church and share the gospel. And we are so timid, afraid that we're going to offend somebody, and we've been caught in the corner of tolerance and just get along, and we've used grace as an excuse to just sit back and not have a voice and tell people, God has a solution for a broken society. God can heal and correct the brokenness in our world today. God's saying, come to my banquet table. God's saying, come to my banquet table. And God's priority, it's people. I remember in Sunday school, we used to sing a song, Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. And that's the truth. God wants everybody saved. God wa- God's interested in every person be brought to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Number two, I share with you, Christ followers, that's you and I, Churches, Christ followers, must build bridge, bridges to non-believers. We must build bridges. He says in verse 21, go out, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. In other words, you don't just don't give them an invitation. We got this idea in, a, in the American church to just hand them a church bulletin or put the church sign up, and if they want to, they come. It's their responsibility. Jesus said, go out. And that means there are people that you're going to have to make some effort to get them in. The poor, the blind, the lame. He's using that as a metaphor. There are people that can't get into Christ, that can't get into the church without assistance and our involvement. And then he goes on to say, not only that, he said you've got to go further. Verse number 23. The master told the servant, go out to the roads, the country lanes, and compel them to come in so my house will be full. Go out further. 
because they came to Matt, the, the servants came to the master and said, well, master, we've already got uh, Mr. Blind over here and Mr. Crippled down on that two blocks down and four blocks. We've already brought him in. But guess what? There's some empty places at the banquet table. There's still some empty spot. There's plenty to eat and some empty chairs at the banquet table. And Jesus is saying, then go further. Go outside the city. Go into the country lanes. Go further than you've ever gone before and compel them. What's the idea of compelling? The compelling is you do whatever it takes to bring them in. You take an extra step. You go an extra mile. You, you go further in the task. You invest more. You do whatever it takes to get them in. Whatever it takes to bring them to the banquet table, you must do it. And today, the church, we need to build bridges to non-believers. We need to be involved in the, in the, the task of doing whatever it takes and reaching into our communities because our community needs Jesus And number three, I share with you, and that is concerning God. And this is one of our core values at Westover, and that is a bigger heaven is a better heaven. A bigger heaven is a better heaven. Verse number 23, so my house will be full. What does he want? So his house will be full. He wants every chair at the banquet table filled. I hear people occasionally say, you know what? I really don't like a big church. I don't like a lot of people. Well, I'll tell you what, Jesus disagrees with you. Jesus disagrees with you. He wants everyone to come to the knowledge of Christ. So his house will be full. And I need to share something with us. I've shared this in every service. You need to grasp this. Please latch on. You'll, you'll, have, to, you'll have to hear this, then you'll have to reflect on it. Church, the church... It's for us, but it's not about us. The church is for us, but it's not about us. And woe to the church that when the church is both for those who come to church and it's about those who come to church. No, it's for us, but it's about the people that are not in church, the people that don't know Jesus Christ as their savior that's why for god thinks a bigger heaven is a better heaven and every one of us to some degree there's some co-worker you're going to speak to this week there's going to be a nephew there's going to be an aunt there's going to be a cousin you're going to come across the path of somebody this week whose life is broken they're going to speak to you and they're going to tell you about an addiction their marriage falling apart. They're going to tell you about their son didn't come home. They're, they're going to tell you about their daughter and, and the problem. They're going to tell you about their brokenness. And it's still, instead of saying, oh, that's too bad, that is your entry point into their life. Invite them to the banquet table. God considers a bigger heaven a better heaven. God wants every people, every person, excuse me, every person to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And there is one verse in the Bible that absolutely, if I could use the word, haunts my soul. There's one verse in the Bible that just propels me. There's one verse in the Bible why we're worshiping in our sixth auditorium and why we're in our 13th building program because of one verse in the Bible. 
You take this one verse out of the Bible, I will not take an offering today. Take this one verse out of the Bible, and guess what? We won't pester you. Take one verse out of the Bible, won't ask you to serve in ministry. Take one verse out of the Bible, and you can just coast along and everything be fine. But there's one verse in the Bible that compels my heart, that speaks to me, that reminds me every day we've got to do more, that it's, it's not just about us. We've got to do more. We've got to reach more people. One verse in the Bible, why I take an offering. One verse in the Bible, why we built a building. One verse in the Bible, why we hire staff. One verse in the Bible, why we open these doors both on the weekend and on Wednesday night and do it all over Wednesday night and just have ministry time and time again. And that's Revelation chapter 20, verse number 15. And it says, whosoever is not found written in the book of life is cast into the lake of fire. You see, the enemy plays for keeps. And every person we don't win to God, they're not unreligious. They're lost. And their destiny without God is hell. And we are in the rescue mission of reaching those people for the Lord. That's what God has called us to do. And what we have done as a church, through prayer and strategy over the last several years, we have determined a way to reach our community. San Antonio, the community we're in, is through what we're calling sports outreach. Sports in the past has been kind of a fellowship thing here at the church, but we're making it an outreach strategy. You know, sports is in our culture. Yes, that's the Olympic sports right now. And just a few days ago, it was the Super Bowl, and before that, it was the World Series, and it's going to be the NBA finals in a little bit and as soon as the nba final we're going to be back into uh the world series again and it just sports is just a part of our culture it's in it's in elementary it's in middle school it's in high school it's in college it's 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 adult it, it's in our culture that's that is something our culture is interested in and we want to take what they're interested in and strategically use it as an open door to bring people to Christ. Let me explain a little bit about sports outreach at Westover. First off, we've had volleyball, indoor volleyball for some time and we just make that available. And if you're interested in playing volleyball, it's something you can do and be a part of. And also we have basketball, basketball. And I want to share with you, we've done basketball clinics, We've done basketball leagues for middle school and high school. Can I tell you, reaching these kids is, is something that's just exciting. I got a letter here recently uh, from a mother. She does not attend the church, but her son heard about our basketball leagues, and he wanted to join our basketball league, and she wrote a letter and went something like this. She said, my son, in high school, he was a senior he wanted to play basketball in your basketball leagues, and I didn't want him because he had gone out for basketball in every year of, in his high school year, and he was always turned down. He was not tall enough and athletic enough, and they were wanting to put a team together to win, and my son was always turned down, and I didn't want my son to have another disappointment in his senior year. But I acquiesced and said, okay, if you want to. So she would bring him and drop him off, and he was playing, and she wrote the letter, and she said, I want to thank you, Pastor. She said, because of your basketball league, my son finally in his senior year was able to play and he made baskets. 
Team scored points. Not only that, his team won the championship in your league. And he was so proud. He finally, he finally was able to do what his heart had been set on. And she ended the letters by saying this, Thank you, Pastor, and please continue to do what you're doing. It made a difference in my son. That's what it's about. That's what sports outreach is about, to give an opportunity for someone to be a part and someone to play that might not otherwise. And right now we're involved in our sports complex. We're, we're developing our soccer fields and our flag football field. We have some eight acres right now we're developing. We've fenced it in. It's the property on the right going towards Calabria. It's fenced in. We put the sports light out, uh, sports lights up. Uh, we brought in the field dirt. They're about to put in the sprinkler system. And in just about probably six to eight weeks, the sod's going down. Can I tell you, by May, we're going to have a soccer field going. We're already planning faith-based soccer leagues in this area, as well as flag football. And we're going to reach hundreds of homes, thousands of people. Why? Because Westover believed in it. We're going we're gonna to reach out to people, and they're going to play sports on our leagues. They're going to they're gonna be warmed up to God and then we're going to win them to God we have a fourfold purpose in our sports outreach and it's in the brochure but let me highlight just a few of them one and number one is to inspire personal faith in Jesus that's what it's about that's why we have faith-based leagues we're, we're not just wanting to, to to busy ourselves we have we have volunteers hundreds of volunteer hours that go into this we have a considerable part of our property, considerable resources put into it, but it is to bring people to Jesus. We're going to offer people something they want to introduce to them somebody they need to know, and that's Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what it's about. Number two, to build confidence, to build individual confidence. I've listened a little bit to the to the. Winter Olympics and interviews, and I'll, and I'll hear an athlete saying, you know what, I'm going for the goal, because, but there was a coach back when I was when I was in elementary school, or there was a parent, and they told me if I would work and achieve and do, and I just buckled down and I did it. And, and sports became the means of them building confidence and succeeding in life in so many areas. Sports is just that. It seems to reach down and incentivize some of the better qualities within somebody. And we have, we have a, a coaches that work with our, with our teams and the players and the students and the kids and just always speaking good things. That you can do it. Yes, you can make a difference. And I have found, guess what? They'll take that from a coach, but they won't listen to a parent. Have you noticed that? A coach says, you need to buckle down, try harder. The decisions you make will determine your success in life. And if you want to be successful, you've got to always put your mind to it, and you've got to make good choices. They'll take that from a choice, and that sounds like nagging from mom and dad. Isn't that interesting, huh? But it's a way to build individual confidence. And guess what? It's just a lot of fun. Faith-based leagues is a positive environment to just have a lot of fun. Now, many of you, many of you have no idea what I'm going to talk about. A few of you do. I was raised in a church where everything was a sin. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, if it was fun, it was a sin. And we had a word for it called worldly. Everything was worldly. Some of you went to the rodeo this past week. Can I tell you, the church I grew up in, you would have 666 put on your forehead. 
for going to the rodeo. I'm telling you, don't go to the rodeo. I mean, you were, if you went to the rodeo and told somebody, we'd have half the church praying for you that God would bring you. You're apostate. You've fallen away from God. I, I mean, it's just, it's the church I grew If it was fun, if it was fun, you couldn't do it. I have an older brother and a younger brother. I'm right in the middle. Year and a half older, year and a half younger. Both of my brothers were great at sports. I was so clumsy. I, I never was good. But my younger brother was good, and my older brother was good. And my older brother, he, he loved tennis, played basketball, played football. He loved sports. And our church, because it wouldn't offer sports, can I tell you what? They lost him. We were going to a church. We were going to a church. I was about probably eight, nine. I don't think I was 10 or 11 yet. I can't remember exactly. But the only thing we could do, if it wasn't in the Sunday school room, it was ungodly. It was worldly. So everything had, you just went to Sunday school and church. That's all you could do, okay? And you couldn't have fun that, okay? You know, don't, be, don't, don't be smiling because they think you're, you're goofing off. So we had to we had to pretend like we were paying attention. And some of the, some of the youth in the church, my older brother and kind of that, that age group right above me, they just went to the pastor and went to the men of the church and said, we just, we just want to have fun. Could, could you put up a basketball goal? And could you pour just a little, little pad for us to just shoot baskets? And the men of the church, and back then everything was by a, by a, by a men's work day. So the men came out and they framed it up. It was a gravel parking lot. But they poured a concrete pad about 20 feet wide, 30 feet long, put up a pole and put a backstop. And the youth would come and we would play, we'd play a pig or horse. I mean, that's not an Olympic sport, but it was just a game. You're just out there, a bunch of kids and teenagers just playing and shooting baskets out there in the church parking lot. But sadly, but sadly, the church took down took down the basketball goal. Why? Because kids from the neighborhood were coming and playing basketball and they didn't come to church. And the leadership and the pastor didn't want kids that don't come to church playing on their basketball court, so they took it down. And my brother... My brother just wanted to have fun. He just wanted, he loved sports. And the church lost him. He exited the church. Thank God he's returned now. His heart's been turned back to the Lord. He didn't quit believing in God. He wasn't again, he didn't become an atheist. He just wanted to have fun. But the church offered nothing. And for so many years they lost they lost my brother. Same true of my younger brother. He still not turned, returned to the Lord yet. I pray for him, believing God for him. But wow, what a, what a sad thing. What I'm saying, Westover Sports, I don't care if they don't, if they don't come to church here. I, I don't care if they step into this building. If we can get them to come on the property and begin to play sports, and they can get introduced to some of the youth group and the leaders in the church and some of our volunteers and their heart be warmed by that. It'll make a difference in their life. And that'll be a first step. And the next step is one of these days they're going to make a commitment to Jesus. 
They're going to make a commitment to the Lord. Had a man in church last night say, Pastor, I'm in church today because somebody invited me to play sports on a church league. And that was my introduction to God. I started playing sports and I just got to know people and began to enjoy their friendship, began to go to the church some. And the Lord, the Lord got a hold of my life. That's what sports ministry is all about. The church that I just told you about, I looked it up on, is that, is that Google, what do you call that? Yeah, that thing. Well, you, you can see it and it's right, I, I, I looked last week. I just curious, where's the, how, where how that church is? And I looked it up on, on Google whatever. And here it came up. And I could take that mouse and I could turn around and it just pivoted around. I drove down the road, right on Google. Right on, I was driving down the road. Then I got to the church and I turned it around and it just turned around and I could see the church building. I was I was nine or ten. I mean, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like 15 years ago. I mean, they would be, I, I mean, it's been a while, folks. It's been a while. And I noticed something. I noticed something so sad. My heart was grieved. The entry to the ch- church parking lot, they poured a, and put an iron pole in the ground and painted it white and had a little ring on it. Over here, they put another iron steel pole with an iron ring, filled it full of concrete, and they have a chain going across it. In other words, if you don't belong in our church property, we don't want you there to this day. And I thought, how sad. You know what I want to do? I want to tear down those chains. I want to tear down those chains. I, 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 I want to see somebody come on our church property they're going to look different sound different may dress different but God's going to touch their heart why are we doing sports outreach because sports in the for profit sector for example if you want to play soccer you have a you have a child seven eight years old and they want to play soccer you know what the cost of that is yeah my grandson looked into it or his parents did play soccer out there and just $1,100 a year. $1,100 a year plus you buy the equipment. That's for the, that's for the city and the secular leagues. Yes. And they tell me once you get into high school, it even gets more expensive. And you know what? Single parents can't afford that. Single parents can't afford $1,100, $1,200 a year just to play soccer. So their kids are left out. Their kids are not included. And somehow I think we ought to include them. And our basketball leagues, you know what we did last year? It was $40, and you get a free T-shirt. And if you couldn't afford the $40, we let you play anyway. Because it's not about that. It's giving ourselves away to the community and saying, come, we care about you. That's what I'm talking about. Sports league, sports outreach at Westover. The bottom line is this. We believe a bigger heaven is a better heaven. I want to invite people to the party, to the banquet. And I want to tell people there's an empty chair at God's table, and He'd like you to sit in it. And I would like to invite you, if the Lord would put it on your heart, 
And it always comes from the heart. I'm, I'm not here to twist arms. I'm just going to here to share with you the opportunity. I'm going to invite you to be a part through a partnership with us in sports outreach. On the inside of this brochure is a way that you can partner with us. Our budget right now, our budget to move forward with, uh, with the staff we put on, the upkeep of the fields, the equipment we need to buy, the ongoing maintenance, everything to run this. And I, if we're going to do it, folks, can I just say, let's do it with excellence. Is that all right? Can, can we do it? Can we do it with excellence and not sloppy? I, we're going to do it for Jesus. Let's do it. Let's do it with excellence. I think that pleases the Lord. But our budget, I'm going to be honest. I just, I, I just do better telling you the facts. Our budget, annual budget right now as we go into it, as we start this year, is $200,000 a year for this to happen every year forward. But it's outreach in our community. Can I tell you, we're feeding 1,307 children around the world. We give nearly that around the world. I'd like to reach San Antonio. I'd like to reach some of our kids. I'd like to reach people in our neighborhoods that are not connected to God and not connected to a church. And sports outreach is our tool. How are you going to get there, Pastor? Well, I put together just a, briefly, just for example, in the Westover family, if we got everybody, if we could just get a, a large-scale participation, 200 persons or family giving $15 a month, 200 persons or family additionally giving $25 a month, 200 families or persons giving $35 a month, and 34 people giving $50 a month, we reach our goal. Right there it is. In other words, if everybody does something, and I'm not here to tell you how much, I, I, I don't do that, and I'm not going to arm twist. I'm going to invite you. Would you partner with us for sports outreach? We want to turn this into a ministry tool to reach people all over Northwest San Antonio. We think it's going to be an incredible outreach opportunity. And here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to invite the ushers to move forward. And if you would, and your heart would be in it, to just take this card and fill it out. And this is just a partnership. It's not a bill. It's, we're, not, we're not going to follow up to see. We just want to invite you. Would you be willing to be a part and just indicate to help us with our budget? Pastor, I'll do 15 a month. Or I, I, I'll do 25 a month. I, I'd be willing to do that in order to allow kids and children, students to play and be a part for us to minister to them. What would you do? Would you help us? And this offering, this offering is our first offering for sports outreach. And I'm going to ask you to give your first gift to, today if you possibly could. I... I put in my commitment. Denise and I were the first pledge card. We'll do 100 a month. And I'm inviting you, do whatever's on your heart. And you say, I don't want to do something. That's fine. That's between you and the Lord. But for those who God's placed it on your heart, I'm going to invite you to be a part with your commitment and an offering today. You'll notice online we now have a category, Sports Outreach. If you want to give, text to give. Two words they'd say to put in. Sports outreach. Two words. Sports outreach and whatever gift you want. And for those 
that would turn in a pledge card today. Just drop it in the offering. You would give as you leave today as a thank you and as a small token. We have a cap. It says Westover for the win. We have some sun visors as well, ladies, if you'd rather have one of those. Just get one. It's an honor system. Just tell them I turned in. Just grab one when you go. And you're going to want this hat. Just wearing it, you'll look like you lost 20 pounds. I'll just tell you that. You'll just, people say, didn't you lose weight? What is it about you to change? It's this cap right here. <laughs> I put it before you. And I, I want you to be a part. And help us go out and compel people, win people to Jesus. And I think that puts a smile on the heart of God. And I want to thank you in advance for your participation and opening your heart to people. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for so many at Westover that feel the heart to invite others to the banquet table. God cares about people. God cares about children and youth. And Lord, well, they're not interested in church now. They are interested in sports, but that's going to be the door we walk through to win their heart to the Lord. And we want our sports outreach to, to be a gift to the community, to reach out and reproduce stories of people that found Jesus. And because they got connected with the church and made friends, they got anchored in church and their life changed. Thank you for those that are giving. Thank you for those that volunteer wonderful people that just do so much for Jesus. And I pray, God, as we partner together as a church and believers, we'll see great things happen. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.